Broadcasting from the unknown regions in a galaxy far, far away, MRC Tech presents The Last Podcast. Episode 6, everyone. Welcome to The Last Podcast. My name is Sean, and it has been a pleasure bringing this audio goodness to you. Yes, it is episode 6, and this podcast is being brought to you exclusively on The Last Podcast feed found on mrctechllc.com backslash The Last Podcast. I am excited to bring the agenda to you. It has been a flurry of news stories in the past couple of weeks. So we have a lot to cover. So we will open up with our hyperspace spot and a personal project of mine with the build of the Millennium Falcon. We will then move on to the Holonet highlights covering several articles from The Rise of Skywalker, Galaxy's Edge, and some random articles that I couldn't categorize. After that, we'll pop into That's No Moon, The Last Jedi Part 5, and the final part of The Last Jedi. On our final approach, just breaking today on August 1st, D23 outlines what's going to be happening for Star Wars. So we'll cover some of that news. We'll cover our discussion question We'll ask a new question, and we'll get on out of here. So so sit back, relax, and welcome to the last podcast. If you want to support the show monetarily and you enjoy what you listen to, head on over to mrctechllc.com backslash become a fan. Choose a tier, sign up, get some goodies, and I myself will show you extreme gratitude if you do decide to become a fan. May the force be with you. Let's get started with our hyperspace spot. Now this is a awesome thing that I want to tell you about and if you've been following my Instagram and my Facebook and my Twitter and my Twitch you would have known that I accomplished and completed the Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon build just last Sunday. Uh, It took 16 different days averaging an hour and a half to two hours 7500 plus pieces and we got this sucker built in record time question mark probably not the total build time was 23 hours 15 minutes and i just want to give a huge shout out to anybody on twitch such as gabe justice give him a follow frank the tank uh mike man uh darth ecom That's Mike backwards. I figured it out. And others who chatted with me, asked me questions, and really just cheered me on to this uh, amazing feat that I accomplished. I do have to pat myself on the back because, you know, uh, balancing work, play, baby, wife, house, dog was always going to be a challenge. So I often started these builds at 10 o'clock at night 
and didn't get to bed till around 12:30 in the morning but it's summertime and I'm a teacher so I have a little bit of leeway there but it was still pretty awesome to go through this build I was very impressed with this Lego build uh, there wasn't too many repetitive pieces to it uh, every time I would start to uh, start to build a section I would question and go like where is this going I have no idea how this is going to fit in to the scheme of things and then at the end of it I was like oh that's how they're gonna do it so the engineering behind it was quite amazing so this Millennium Falcon is gigantic. It measures 33 inches long by 22 inches wide, and it's around 8.3 inches tall. So you might be wondering, where does somebody keep this type of model? Because I had to really consider that if I was going to invest in this. And yes, it is an investment. And by investment, I mean it was for my 30th birthday party, and I told my family, I don't want to party, I don't want to go out for dinner, I want this specific lego so please help me out and we'll get in this together and they did and it was wonderful and i'm so happy that i had the nearly 24-hour experience of building it but where do you put it once i acquired this millennium falcon i started drafting a uh i started well i did a little bit of research on pinterest and and twitter and uh you know google and just kind of looked at Lego display tables and kind of got a, uh, like an idea of what I wanted to do, and I drafted it out, kind of designed it on paper and pencil, and then uh, sort of asked some advice from some carpenters, uh, my father-in-law, my buddy Steve from work, and we kind of hashed out the measurements, uh, got this thing built, or got the material, and then started going at it. So it's made out of... Uh, the base is made out of, two, uh, you know, common two-by-fours sort of scissored together, uh, glued and screwed really nicely. I then built a frame using one-by-threes around it, which uh, I will post to Instagram the, uh, the build process of, because, you know, of course I documented that. I then got pallet uh, wood from uh, some skids that were holding some tech that came to my school, broke that down and used that as the decorative uh, material to create the box structure. So more or less what my vision was to have a coffee table and this sit inside of it with two pieces of glass, one glass in front and one glass on top. So just a month ago I ordered the glass. Uh, I've had the table done for a while. I stained it a very nice black. Uh, it's really sleek looking. Uh, I'm up in the air about whether or not I want to create a scene or just have it, you know, sit in there. I'm up in the air if I want to put LED lights in it, but I uh, would have to figure out the power requirements because I don't want this thing tethered to a wire. I'd like to, like, you know, flip a switch and it just, like, works and maybe it's battery-powered. But uh, I ordered the glass. Glass came in, and through the grace of God and luck, uh, the glass fit, which was nice. I actually brought it to the glass-making company and they told the whole table and said, like, keep this and make sure it fits so we got that back. I finished the build up on Sunday. I put the Falcon into the display table uh, on Monday. I fit the glass to it. Everything fits so nicely. It's such, it's such a nice thing to see a project go from start to finish, and everything works out for the most part. Uh, the only issues I had with building this Falcon was uh, attaching certain pieces on the underside or putting pressure on it just because it's so sensitive some pieces would fall off I'd have to relocate them and figure that out so thanks to everybody on Twitch 
Uh, and thanks to everybody on Instagram. I ended up live streaming the finale on Instagram for an hour and a half. And uh, several people got on there and chatted with me. Uh, if you're a foodie person, go check out Suburban Foodie on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Uh, for all their foodie interests, I guess. Uh, so that's Matt. So thanks, Matt, for checking out the Instagram live feed. So to end this little segment, uh, the Millennium Falcon came with a rather large instruction booklet that has a lot of cool information in it. And I just wanted to kind of go down the timeline of the Millennium Falcon and when it would, like each little set was documented. And I just want to kind of read the little blurbs here uh, that they have. So starting in 2000, which is 19 years ago, which is around, you know, Phantom Menace. Uh, the 7190 Millennium Falcon was 659 pieces. The very first incarnation of the Lego Millennium Falcon is created. Measures over 2 inches high, 21 inches long, and 17 inches wide. Includes six minifigures, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, Luke, R2-D2, and C-3PO. Three years later, they came out with the mini Millennium Falcon, it's 87 pieces. First mini version of the Falcon measures over 2 inches high, 5 inches long, 5 inches wide. No mini figures included. Set contained additional parts to build a Y-Wing uh, when also using additional parts from different sets. In 2004, they came out with the Episode 5 version of the Falcon. 985 pieces, so they increased it by about 340 pieces. Original Trilogy Edition, all new LEGO brick plates are created to help build the unique shape. Measures over 4 inches high, 22 inches long, 15 inches wide, includes 5 minifigures. Three years later, the first Ultimate Collector's Millennium Falcon comes out. I passed on this one. Uh, I wasn't interested in getting it. It was probably really expensive. And in 2007, I was in high school, so that wasn't happening. 5,197 pieces. The biggest version so far of the iconic ship lands on shelves everywhere, measures over 8 inches high, 33 inches long, and 22 inches wide, includes five minifigures. Jump ahead two more years, we have a midi scale Millennium Falcon, uh, 3 inches high, 9 inches long, 7 inches wide, no minifigures, 356 pieces. Two years, jump. Uh, number 7965, just called Millennium Falcon, 1,254 pieces. Measures 4 inches high, 23 inches long, 15 inches wide, and includes 6 minifigures. Three years later, the Millennium Falcon Microfighter, it's only 94 pieces. It's a Microfighter's version of the Falcon, which still incorporates the recognizable and famous round shape with two flick missiles and a mini cockpit on top for Han Solo to sit in. So it's a cute little guy. In 2015, they released the Episode 7 Millennium Falcon, 1,329 pieces. Measures over 5 inches high, 18 inches, 12 inches wide. Includes six uh, minifigures, Ray, Finn, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Tasu, Leech, and a Kanja Club gang member, plus a BB-8 astromech droid. And then in uh Two years later, they come out with the second version of the UCS Millennium Falcon, the one I built, and it is 7,541 pieces. 
and the measurements are just hilariously large. They actually have instructions in the back of this book indicating how to lift it. And it is not easy, it is awkward, but we got it into the display table and we got it happening. So stay tuned and check out Instagram for the final review for the Millennium Falcon build. And stay tuned to my YouTube channel as I am breaking down the 24 hours of video to bring you a nice and tidy looking time lapse so you don't have to sit around for 23 hours and 15 minutes watching me build. Although I welcome it because those streams from Twitch are on YouTube. So feel free to watch them, comment, like them, dislike them, and let me know what you think. So there will be more builds coming down the pipeline, but I wanted to dedicate the hyperspace spot to the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy, the Millennium Falcon. It's been a pleasure, but this has been your hyperspace spot. As always, this podcast cannot exist without being part of the We Pod Squad. Thanks to Greg and Sam of We Podcast and We Know Things for pushing me to the limit and challenging me to create this podcast for the audience we serve. As I mentioned before, the last podcast is now hosted on its own feed, so you won't find it anymore on We Podcast and We Know Things. But we're a team here, so we definitely push our episodes out for each other, and that's super helpful. The last WePod episode is an excellent recap of San Diego Comic-Con. I really enjoyed it, and you should give it a listen to get all of that information that San Diego Comic-Con covers in four days in a mere hour 55 minutes. The Iron Ryan Show just dropped today on 8-1, episode 5, and he talks about the different toys and predictions from San Diego Comic-Con, including Star Wars, Star Wars, Marvel, Wrestling, and others. He also goes into a nice conversation about the AMC A-list subscription, in which I also have, and all the movies that are slated to come out this year. So check out Ion Ryan, check out We Podcast and We Know Things, subscribe to all three of us, and you will certainly be entertained on Tuesdays and Fridays of each week. The Holonet Highlights is a collection of news articles around the galaxy brought to you in a short, condensed medium. Let's start off with the rise of Skywalker. As of today, August 1st, there is 141 days until the theatrical release of the end of the Skywalker saga. That is exciting. Next, Jason Ward of at Making Star Wars on Twitter posted something. It says, the Sith fleet the superweapon, and what it means in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, question mark. And it leads to an article. Now, there's a fine line that I call spoilery and non-spoilery. Right now, I'm cool that they have a Sith trooper. But the idea of a Sith fleet is starting to cross the line into, I don't want to talk about this anymore. 
But because I saw it, now I can't stop thinking of it. So the Sith fleet. This, if you listen to episode 5, sort of connects with the idea that the Sith trooper seems to be an elite trooper unbeknownst to the First Order. So my question is, and it again just harkens back to Episode 5, Do does the First Order and the Resistance know about the Sith fleet? Or will this be one of those instances where the Resistance and the First Order team up to defeat the Sith fleet? It's just something to ponder as we make our way slowly toward the theatrical release of The Rise of Skywalker. On to a fan-made poster, courtesy of Phase Runner on Twitter, at Phase underscore Runner, P-H-A-S-E underscore Runner. He just says, here's a poster I made for episode 9 just for fun. And the poster is of Kylo Ren spreading his arms out and what's going towards him at an alarming rate, none other than the Millennium Falcon, and it is splitting in half. And when I saw it, it brought me back to a theory I had many, many moons before I created the podcast, was, is the Millennium Falcon a character? And is that character going to die at the end of the Skywalker saga? I say yes. The Millennium Falcon has to be destroyed in some way. Will Kylo Ren destroy it? He seems to hate it. Shoot that piece of junk out of the sky. It's a great scene in The Last Jedi that we will be covering. And that's no moon, it's a breakdown. But will Rey, using her scavenge abilities rebuild the Falcon in the epilogue. I don't know. Time will tell, but I like where they're going with this poster. So thank you at Phase Runner for bringing that to our attention. Next, we delve into The Rise of Skywalker and the books that are coming out. So several covers were revealed that show lots of little tidbits. First, uh, something that I buy for the Star Wars uh, movies is the Visual Dictionary. And the Visual Dictionary sort of breaks down little uh, pieces of equipment and ships and people that you might not catch in the movie. So, moving from left to right, we have some things that have been confirmed. Well, one, we have uh, a Knight of Ren is the full cover of the Visual Dictionary for Rise of Skywalker. We have the Sith Trooper helmet. We have a Vibro Scythe blade, which means that it probably can withstand a lightsaber. We have Rey in her uh, trailer costume. We have the TIE dagger, which seems to be another take on the TIE fighter. Not sure the aerodynamics and what makes it different than the TIE interceptor, but I guess only time will tell. We have Janna's energy bow, which is pretty cool looking, and C-3PO on the cover. So uh, we're just, again, they're releasing little tidbits of information for us just to salivate over. So thanks to Cinema Blend for putting that together and uh, you know breaking down that cover. So good stuff there. 
a new comic series called The Rise of Kylo Ren is going to distribute prior to the movie coming out. Written by Charles Soule, who was the leader of the Darth Vader comic series, uh, Volume 1, 2, Vader Down. I think my comic knowledge is not really a part. There's a lot to them. But I know that I really enjoyed that uh, series with Vader and Charles Soule. So I imagine that this four, I think it's a four-story arc of the rise of Kylo Ren kind of fills in the gaps with what happens after he crashes the hut down on Luke and the path that he took. And this being called The Rise of Kylo Ren and the final movie being called The Rise of Skywalker kind of begs the question as, are we going to have Ben Demption? It seems like we are, since the titles are so closely knit together, but this also could be a red herring. So again, we shall see what happens. Finally, for our books, we have, courtesy of Newsweek, Marvel's upcoming comic book miniseries Star Wars Allegiance fills in the timeline between The Last Jedi and the upcoming The Rise of Skywalker. New pages previews of the upcoming four-issue series reveal Rey expanding her repertoire of Jedi combat skills, following in Luke Skywalker's footsteps by taking on a new challenge for the Jedi beginner. So I'm liking where they are going with the allegiance. Now, pros. It's going to kind of fill in gaps if you buy the comic. Will the casual fan care enough to buy these comics? Probably not. Will there be answers to questions those casual fans might have during the movie screening be left unanswered because they didn't read this comic. I hope not. You would want the movie to be its own independent experience, I guess, uh, because not everybody's going to read the books, not everybody's going to read the comics. I've went over this before. I'll certainly get these because anything that has uh, like Journey to the Last Jedi or Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, I like to buy all of those because I want to be well informed prior to going into that movie. It just gives context for me. So it looks like it's going to follow Rey, Finn, Leia, and uh, maybe some kind of meeting on Mon Cala. So they could be getting their uh, cruiser ships back. Uh, so we might possibly see uh, their fleet return in The Rise of Skywalker. So stay tuned for Star Wars Allegiance, another comic series leading up to The Rise of Skywalker. Second to last is this rumor that Kevin Smith went to the studio and a, I guess, a high-up person said that you should check this out because this final shot will melt your mind. Now, Ryan went over this in his podcast in episode five and said, like, whoa, 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 pump your brakes. Let's not get, you know, ahead of ourselves. We don't want to have this incredible expectation and then be let down. So for me, this again goes into the line of, I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to know your opinion. I don't want to know any early reviews. I want to go into this movie sort of blind so I can make my own opinion. So I just wanted to bring that up to you, that Kevin Smith 
had an interaction and he talks about the rise of Skywalker and the crew members saying that seeing it would melt your mind. I don't want to talk about it any further than that. You can discuss it amongst yourself, but that's just the news I'm reporting. And finally, in the rise of Skywalker uh, mini topic, in the final story of the Rise of Skywalker topic in the Hollow Net Highlights, I want to talk about the Sith and the concept of the Sith and how it's been changed throughout the history of it being existing in the Star Wars universe. On ScreenRant.com backslash Star Wars Sith Retcon, there is a rather lengthy article that I am choosing not to read and I will sort of summarize for you. But it basically says that George Lucas had some early drafts of what the Sith was going to be. He eventually got it down to Dark Lords of the Sith. Uh, eventually the Sith were expanded and the mythology was created from the expanded universe. Then the prequels came around. Uh, and the Clone Wars came around, and Lucasfilm and his story group sort of tidied it up. Uh, they introduced the idea of Darth Bane in the Clone Wars and the Rule of Two. They introduced the idea of Mortis, uh, the Mortis Arc, which introduces the son and the daughter, two Force beings, one for each side, who keep the Force in perfect balance, which shifts things away from the idea of the Sith needing to be destroyed in order to create a perfect balance. Star Wars 9 appears to be bringing the Sith back in a big way. Emperor Palpatine will somehow return in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which may establish that he learned the final skill his own master, Darth Plagueis, never did, the ability to cheat death uh, oneself. If that is the case, then it's another power skill to be attributed to the Sith. But while that's speculation, what we know for sure is that Star Wars 9 will include Sith troopers uh the, these red stormtroopers were revealed just before san diego comic-con and while their appearance is striking it's the word sith in her name that's most intriguing because there so far haven't been any sith in disney's sequel trilogy the name suggests they might be connected to palpatine but the fact they're supposed to be the next evolution of the first order stormtroopers instead fits with them working for kylo ren this is another big change because sith troopers first appeared in the knights of the old republic as soldiers of the Sith Empire. And finally, that could be setting up Kylo Ren to become a true Sith himself in Star Wars 9, or it might simply be adopting the name for another purpose, taking it away from the Sith Empire and the Dark Lords of the Sith as previously established in canon and applying it to the Stormtroopers. This wouldn't just be a big change of the name Sith in Star Wars 9, but it'd also loop back around to the original ideas George Lucas had for the Sith. Prince Valorum, one of those original Sith, became a Stormtrooper, now, Star Wars is giving the Sith name to Stormtroopers 2. It's almost like it rhymes. So that was a little bit long-winded. There's a little bit of history on the Sith and how they fit in to the scheme of things. See, in the original trilogy, we wanted to get rid of the Sith. The Sith were scary. Uh, Darth Vader turned on his master and threw him down the shaft and all was restored, or so we thought and the mythology has evolved the mythology has shifted uh, with the expanded universe being quote-unquote uh, erased from history and becoming legends Disney has created a fresh canvas and they, it looks like they're starting to rebuild some of those old ideas continuing on 
the hollow net highlights, let's talk about Galaxy's Edge. As reported by Grant Davis on Star Wars News Net, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run ride at Disneyland's Star Wars-themed land Galaxy's Edge has just accomplished an achievement worthy of the ship's name reaching one million pilots. That is incredible. Congratulations to Galaxy's Edge and with all the haters out there going on YouTube and Twitter saying there's nobody at Galaxy's Edge, well, they have one million people riding and climbing. So pretty awesome to see that ride being as popular as it is. And I'm sure the Rise of Resistance uh, ride that's comes that's coming out in end of December and January will be even more immersive, so stay tuned for that. Flipping from California to Florida, Blog Mickey reports that Galaxy's Edge entrance tunnel wall removed as Disney's Hollywood Studios prepares to welcome guests to Batu. Yes, in just 30-ish days, Galaxy's Edge will open up in Florida, and you can bet your behind that we will cover that opening on the podcast so stay tuned for a later episode in a couple weeks to see all the fun things that they have in store for the guests in Betu in Florida so first on the docket Michael Giacchino famous composer for the following films including Spider-Man Far From Home Bad Times at the El Royal The Incredibles 2 Jurassic World, Spider-Man Homecoming, War for the Planet of the Apes, The Book of Henry, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Zootopia, Star Trek Beyond, Jurassic World, Jupiter Ascending, Inside Out, Tomorrowland, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Star Trek Into Darkness, Toy Story of Terror, John Carter, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Fringe Season 2, Monte Carlo, Super 8, Fringe Season 1, Let Me In, Lost, the final season, and most of the seasons of Lost, sends out a mystery tweet on July 19th just saying, Hi, at Star Wars. Hope you're having a great evening. What? That's it. That's all he sends. What does it mean? I don't know, but I'm hoping that he'll be composing something in the future. Maybe a trilogy? being created by Benioff and Weiss or Ryan Johnson? I don't know. We shall see. Next, it looks like the unaltered Star Wars A New Hope could be headed back to theaters. Written on July 22nd by Ryan Britt on Inverse.com, in 1977, the film we think of now as Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope was just called Star Wars. And there might be a chance that a 70mm print could be coming to theaters. I'm assuming small theaters, but this could be a cool incentive for people who never saw it in theaters to go back and check out that original cut. So that's pretty rad. Let's talk a little bit of gaming. GameSpot reports that Star Wars Vader Immortals Episode 2 Story Details Revealed. 
You will get to use the Force in Episode 2, Vader Immortal director Ben Snow said in an interview with StarWars.com. The way we thought about this was we wanted to give you the Vader equivalent of Yoda teaching Luke about the Force in Empire Strikes Back, so we we wanted it to be slightly darker and more twisty. He talks about the power of the dark side as well as the things you can do with the Force. I won't get into too much detail as it's a not spoil anything, but episode I'm looking forward to episode two because I really thought episode one was dynamic. It was excellent. Uh, I would certainly spend another $10 on episode two. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing more immersive things in that VR environment. I can tell you I was a little disappointed with the lack of interaction with the VR environment outside of climbing ladders and using the lightsaber. So that was pretty rad, but I would like to do a little bit more. So we'll see what episode two brings us. Next, reported by IGN, a classic N64 game, Shadows of the Empire, and a regular Nintendo game, Empire Strikes Back, will be re-released on retro platforms. I actually have my original Shadows of the Empire game on N64. Stay tuned on the Twitch stream to see Shadows of the Empire recreated and replayed. And all I remember is getting crushed by Boba Fett and getting crushed by an ATST and just knowing that that game was really hard. But who knows? Maybe 25 years later, I'm a little bit better at it. So we'll see. Stay tuned. In our final two articles, let's talk about Disney Plus and how Star Wars is going to play a part. So the lineup was released uh, on Lifehacker. The $7 a month service will include a few movies and shows, but will mostly rely on Disney's back catalog. So things that we can expect at launch. Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Avengers, Endgame. Star Wars, meanwhile, the first seven movies will be available on launch day, along with Rogue One, The Mandalorian, Starring Pedro Pascal as the titular gunslinger will also be available at launch. Other notable Star Wars TV shows making their way to surface include Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars. So that is pretty exciting for Star Wars fans. And there is a slew of different content which my daughter is just going to eat this up. So I can't wait for Disney Plus to debut. Tagging along on The Mandalorian, George Lucas gave Jon Favreau the best advice for making the Mandalorian. So let's see what he said. John Favreau says, One thing he said to me was, Remember, John, the real audience for all stories and all myths is the kids that are coming of age. We enjoy the stories as adults, but really storytelling is about imparting the wisdom of the previous generations onto the children who are becoming adults and giving them a context for how to behave and how to learn the lessons of the past without making the mistakes on their own i think that's sage advice from lucas and basically he's saying listen not everybody's going to like this you are telling your own story stick with it don't give up and just know that people are going to support you and they are out there trust me i remember the time where everybody was pissed off at george lucas and his vision which is i think some of the reason why he ended up selling the rights of it just because he didn't want to really deal with it anymore in my opinion and that ladies and gents wraps up the hollow net highlights a quick recap of news around the galaxy 
That's no moon. It's a breakdown. Welcome to The Last Jedi Part 5 of the very first breakdown we're doing on the last podcast. Thanks for sticking with me throughout this process. We are at the hour 59 mark, right around the half hour mark, including credits uh, of the movie at the the final act of The Last Jedi uh, after all the nonsense of Canto Bite and the Rose and Finn, uh, you know, mistelling of their story, uh, after the wonderfulness of Ray's training and the crankiness of Luke, to Snoke being killed in the second act, aka the second episode, the middle uh, sequel. Uh, what is going on? Like, now the resistance is down to less than 400 people, maybe. Uh, they're they're trying to hold off the first order with the hope that someone's going to answer a distress signal against the first order. Now remember, we're not seeing the first order on the other side of the coin. In the opening crawl, the first order reigns, which means that we can assume that the first order has taken over many a planet. So as the Resistance, after a few days, three or four days of being chased, and now finally do this final conflict, they're hoping that someone, anyone, answers the call. They're hoping that Leia's code will bring a spark of hope to the Resistance, as the theme so aptly puts but let's get on with it. If you're queuing this up and you're sitting around your computer or your TV screen, not in your car, remember, not safe. We're at the hour 59 mark, 30 seconds. Continuing, and the finale of The Last Jedi starts now. Uh, let's set the scene before I hit play. Uh, Poe and his team are aboard the snow ski skiff thingy. Mabops, uh, they're not very well put together. And there's a smattering of pilots and a bunch of ground troopers uh, getting ready for the assault from the boring yawn Death Star Tech battering ram. And here we go. Okay, Rose is a much better ski pilot than Finn. That's what we established there. All right, listen up. I don't like these rust buckets, and I don't like our odds. What the hell? This, th keep it that part made me laugh so hard. When Poe is trying to give a motivational speech, and his foot punches through the bottom of a suit. I do like that they're kind of open cockpit, so it kind of reminds me of, like, motorcycle... Uh, meets X-Wing, so to speak. So, man, this Rose theme is just all over. Okay, that's a great fire. 
crescendo of these new uh, ADAT walkers with the increased shield that they certainly learned from the Empire Strikes Back. The resistance is in that mine. Push through. Kylo Ren now calling the shots. Fighters, break off! This is where it gets a little sketchy as the TIE fighters are just picking them off one oh, by one. Hold them till they pull up that cannon. It is literally useless. I don't even know. It's a dire situation to say You guys are shooting blasters at TIE fighters thinking they're doing any damage. Like, give me a break. Just when you think. Boom! Triple kill, UAV activated, Call of Duty action. Shadow of the Millennium Falcon. We got Ray in the gunner position, firing away, and of course. Where did you learn how to fire the gun? Shut up, it doesn't matter, it's a movie. Out of the sky! One of my favorite moments from the movie is blow that piece of junk out of the sky. Kylo Ren is so furious right now. Of course, plot armor, shoehorning. Tie fighters away just when they were picking everybody off. They could just let that ship go. But we get a nice sequence here. So we notice the bottom gunner, turret gone. Salt mines are really cool looking. Radar array gone. I got blown off. Which is very subtle, you don't notice it. There it is. That is a big gun. Okay, it's heavily armored. Our only shot is right down the I just feel that the first order could have done a different tactic like instead of having all these eight these adat walkers they could have just unless all their I, don't, I guess unless all their troopers were killed in the supremacy which i doubt i mean they got how many star destroyers up there I mean, the, the ones that weren't destroyed you know and then like how did they get how long how much time has passed since the supremacy got blown through, and now, I would say a decent amount of time. It gave the resistance enough time to, to prep the fuel up these speeders. It gave uh, enough time to get the tactical stuff with putting the guns together. You know, so again, the timing in this movie is stupid. Now, Finn. Disobeying orders? I won't let them win. Is this part of his first order training? I guess so now. It's part of his MO. 
but I'm okay with like I I really thought in the movie you know he's going to sacrifice himself this would be a good closeout of his arc you know him and Ray become best friends you know in a short amount of time the last time we see each other there is in a coma and they never get to see each other again because he sacrifices himself this should have closed the book on Finn. It should have taken out the gun. It would buy the resistance enough time. It blows up the first four walkers on the right-hand side and left-hand side. Bada-bing, bada-boom. But no. It doesn't happen that way. In a stupid plot twist, Rose takes out his ship. And how they're both not dead is beyond me. Like, what? No concussion. Makes no sense. This is by far, arguably, worse than Canto Pipe. This scene right here. With the kiss, with Rose saving him. So dumb. Why would you stop me? I saved you. Stupid. Tell me. That's how we're gonna win. Not fighting what we hate. Awkward. Saving what we love. Ugh. Yuck. But no. Ugh. Kiss. Ugh. Skeevy. The gun fires. And the hell the resistance is in trouble. Finn is literally flabbergasted. He has no idea General what to Marcus. think of this. Advance. No quarter. No prisoners. Our distress signal has been received at multiple points, but no response. Again, truly sad, but. They've heard us. Honestly, who's going to respond to a distress signal in the far reaches of the galaxy against a military powerhouse that but just wrecked a bunch of planets. Has lost all it's just what it is. The spark is out. These scenes are really good. And then all of a sudden, I remember in the theater getting chilled. I just got chills right now. He's back. This scene. Let's just take a listen for this scene. I won't even comment through it because it's too good. Hunk. I know what you're gonna say. I've changed my hair. It's nice that way. Man. I'm sorry. I know. I know you are. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. I came to face him, Leia. And I can't save him. I held out hope for so long, but... I know my son's gone. No one's ever really gone. Mm. 
What a line. I know I was crying in the theaters at this part. Like, are you kidding? Dear, oh my God. So heartfelt. It's a great Luke line. Not even a line. Master Luke. But the wink is just awesome. Of course, I didn't notice on the first watch through is like his shorter hair, his darker beard, you know, this is like stuff. Great cameo of his three kids in this movie, so he must have lobbied for that, but it's such a good little Easter egg. It's all three of his all three of Mark Hamill's kids right then and there making a nice cameo. And then we have Luke Skywalker facing off against the first order. We've been waiting for this. Two hours and nine minutes. And finally, we have it. These classic black Jedi robes. Very reminiscent of Vader, if we want to make connections. I want every gun we have to fire on that man. Now, I like the concept of this, but I think it's a little excessive. I think this, this, the, the constant firing is just so immature, like, like a video game. I think it's, I think it's done. That's enough. That's enough! Although... These are great lines by Hux, with Ren, like, embarrassed by this. Do you think you got him? I know, I laughed in theaters. Now, if we're ready to get moving, we can finish this. Sir? Although, okay, we're going to wait a second. He is still there. Excuse me? What is happening? I hope that was improv with him brushing off the dust from his shoulder that doesn't exist. Bring me down to him. Keep the door covered and don't advance until I say. Supreme Leader, don't get distracted. Our goal. Right away, sir. Medpack! I need a medpack! How strong Everyone is Kylo Ren that he can just shove Hux and he flies across the room? What is happening? Luke's facing him alone. Oh, we should help him. Let's go. No, wait. Wait. So we have a nice character turnaround for Poe, who is finally starting to see beyond the battle. Did you come back to say you forgive me? 
to save my soul. No. Blue Saber, not his green. That should have been a red flag the first time I watched it. I didn't see it. I just figured he had another one. He's doing this for a reason. He's stalling so we can escape. Escape? He's one man against an army. We have to help him. We have to no, fight. No, no, no. We have a spark that'll light the fire that'll burn the First Order down. Skywalker's doing this so we can survive. There's got to be a way out of this mine. Hell, how did he get in here? Yes, sir. It is possible that a natural, unmapped opening exists. But this facility is such a maze of endless tunnels that the odds of finding an exit are 15,428. Shut up! To one. Listen. Oh, my audio sensors no longer detect so, exactly. There's like 18 people left. So at the beginning the of this battle, there were so many of them, and now there's 18. But we actually didn't see like, all right, so we saw some snow ski, John skis like get blown up. This is a good scene. What are you looking at me for? Follow him. There you go. She's handing off the reins. Just a wonderful moment. There's like 14 people left. Where is everybody else? Right beneath us, they've got to be somewhere. Keep scanning for life forms. Bring in the, the, the mythos of the animal. This way. They did that a lot in Star Wars Rebels. They did that a lot in Resistance a little bit. It was nice to see the connection. might be cheesy, but it's not like a rat hitting a button to get Ant-Man back from the quantum no, realm. No, no, cheesy. no, no, Because that was super cheese in Endgame, I'll tell you that right now. No! are stuck behind natural rocks. Then we got our friend. Lifting rocks. Luke face off. I like this scene. Good scene. Him dodging and avoiding. Again, you, delaying, giving them time. I'm sorry. I'm sure you. Now, there's won't. a lot of destruction on the battlefield. I can the see that with a lot of people. Now that I'm noticing it, a lot of people probably died in this when battle. I killed you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The rebellion is reborn today. The war. It's just beginning. And I will not be the last Jedi. 
Fun fact. They actually used rocks attached to strings to make this scene happen, which is pretty awesome. So it wasn't just all CGI. There were some practical effects in this as well. Ray and Finn reunited after a long absence. But again, Finn would have died. It would have set up a little bit more drama. I'll destroy her and you and all of it. Kylo Ren's got great lines. And all of no. it. Strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you. Just like your father. Mm. Big reveal. He's not really there. So he semi left the island. Yes. See you, bro. Great line. Always teaching lessons, masters are. Somber moments ahead. It is by far one of Mark Hamill's best performances of Luke Skywalker. Hands down. Doesn't matter if you liked or didn't like the character. Acting-wise, outstanding. Twin suns, sunset, Luke's journey, and the physical world comes to an end. Which I was okay with. I think his influence of that day when he uh, faced the First Order alone will live in legends.
Hux is just pissed. He finds the dice, and there's one final force bond connection. They see each other for the last time. Closing of the Falcon doors, she severs it. For now. So although the first order won, Kylo Ren lost. He's a big loser in this in this movie. We have people reunited. Again, it's been days. Hi. Hi. I'm Poe. Right. I know. Uh, the Jedi text secret Easter egg in the drawer, so she took the sacred text before she departed, essentially stealing them, and Yoda knew that, which was cool that he didn't reveal it, but he knew. Sadness or pain, it was peace mm. and purpose. Mm -hmm. I felt it too. How do we build a rebellion from this? The broken saber, everything we need. Fateful twist. We have a little epilogue. First epilogue of any of the movies. Young children telling the story of Luke Skywalker. And we have Broom Boy who uses the Force to bring the broom to him. So, what does this all mean? What kind of scene is this for me it tells me that it opens up the galaxy to everybody that the Skywalker saga is not the end all and that anyone can become a hero and anyone at this point can be force sensitive if the force wills it Mm. So I'll just lower the music here and we'll just talk about it for a little bit. Wow. That last act is awesome. I gotta say, uh, it really, for us, it was only 23 minutes or so uh, in actual film time, you know, for part five. But from the, the battle on crate to the confrontation between Luke and Kylo, to, to Rey showing up and, and saving them, and th them only having a, like 14, 14 to 15 people left. The resistance has to start from there, so they are able to get away. And now let's make some connections. We have 
a year passes, right? And this is why the books and comics are so important because we're going to have some of those those gaps in time filled for us. Um, let's go through the characters. I was very happy with Ray's progression of her story. I was not happy with Finn's. I was very happy with Poe's. He went from cocky pilot to a cautious commander, right? So that's a great uh, story arc there. So our main three people, uh, two-thirds of them evolved. Finn is still kind of in no man's land. He has not changed since he defected. So I guess you would want to hope that he has some sort of bigger role in the next movie. Uh, for our original trilogy people, Princess Leia, you know, really wasn't present for the film. You know, she only had, like, what, eight minutes of screen time? So, you know, with her passing the reins on to Poe, it's becoming more and more apparent that her story is going to end rather quickly in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, for Luke, uh, despite the uh, the attitude toward him and all the press and how Mark Hamill didn't agree with it and whatever, whatever, whatever. It is by far his best performance. As for character development, you know, definitely shocking uh, to see him throw the lightsaber away. Would I have loved to see him come back and be like super pumped to fight a war? Yes, but then it wouldn't have made sense why he was on an island and why he, The Force Awakens basically says he has vanished. Like, no one knows where he's gone. Well, did he vanish to fight another war, or did he vanish because something terrible happened? Well, we find out that something terrible happened. And that happens to people. They Different things affect different people in different ways. And toward the end of the movie, his character flips, and his arc is different, and he blends. His physical body disappears, and his force, spiritual body, blends with the force around. And now he is... You know, joining the ranks of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's joining the ranks of his father, Qui-Gon Jinn, Yoda. So it's all good stuff. So, you know, that's fine in development. Obviously, Han Solo is not in this movie, so we can't comment on that. Uh, Kylo Ren, ultimate loser. He gets chastised by Snoke, chastised by Hux, kills Snoke. Hux still doesn't respect him. Uh, People are still fearful of him, but he's still a little child. Um, he gets rejected by Rey several times and does not get the resistance. This is the second time in as many movies that Kylo Ren calling the shots was a mistake. And he has to learn from that. So again, we'll see what happens in a year from now if all these characters grow. Hux didn't quite change, didn't really have a lot of screen time. Uh... His best moment in the movie was probably him getting ready to shoot Kylo Ren and asking him if he got Luke Skywalker. Uh, Snoke, again, a shocking moment when he goes, but we didn't really know a lot about him. I'm looking forward to learning more about him in the Age of Resistance comics with a little bit of a Snoke background. Uh, Who else in this movie Rose don't care bye get out of here DJ love him as a character a nice gray ambiguous character is always needed uh, to kind of uh, give us a footing in the current standings of 
the galaxy. Maz Kanata underused. Um, very disappointing in her performance. Not a performance, but very disappointing in her use. Uh, so that was kind of a cop-out. Chewbacca, always solid. You know, um, pretty funny with the Porgs. Porgs, fine. You know, that's no big deal. R2-D2, small role with Luke. BB-8, mm, silly roles. Shooting coins out of his... Uh, of stealing ships, controlling ATSTs, hiding in trash bins is like BB-8. Like I love him to death, but he was just overused in this movie. He's got to he's got to reel it back in. I'm hoping that J.J. Abrams utilizes more of R2-D2 uh, in the Rise of Skywalker. And again, nobody is safe in this final movie. C-3PO, R2-D2, BB-8 all could be metal. Little explosions. We don't know. Uh, outside of that, I can't think of any other characters in this movie that I want to talk about. So I hope that this experience was worth your while, was worth your listen. And um, we're definitely going to do this again. I'm going to pick the next movie. I might move on to a different medium. Uh, I am currently finishing up a few books. Um, but that might come in a different, like, special edition podcast just talking about them. So stay tuned for the next rendition of That's No Moon. It's a breakdown starring a new movie. So find out in Episode 7 what that movie will be. It's been a pleasure serving you. It's been a pleasure breaking this movie down. If you have any comments or criticism or suggestions, please let me know. DM me, email me, uh, chat me up on Instagram, whatever you need to do. I will certainly fix it. Hopefully I was able to uh, fix the audio and you were able to hear more of the movie. And I will certainly take away that backing track this time. I did not like it in Episode 5, so I'll certainly fix that for Episode 6. So once again, that's No Moon. It's a breakdown. The Last Jedi, Part 5, the finale. As we make our final approach on episode six, let's talk about D23. Found on D23.com, we are officially in August, which means D23 Expo is almost here. We're just a few days away from experiencing the ultimate Disney fan event, and all the pixie dust-filled announcements are still pouring in. Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, Episode 2, First Look. Vader Immortal lets you become the hero of your own personal adventures as you step into the role of a Force-sensitive smuggler recruited by Vader himself. Director Ben Snow, senior experience designer Jose Perez III, and Lucasfilm Story Group creative executive Matt Martin take the stage for an in-depth discussion about the upcoming second episode, including an exclusive sneak peek that will be available only to those at D23 Expo. Expect that to drop Friday, August 23rd, 2 p.m. on Stage 28. In addition to the Star Wars Vader Immortal, we have other things such as the Mouse Parade, a musical celebration of Aladdin, 
heroines of the Disney galaxies, Disney character voices, the 30th anniversary celebration, two worlds, one family, the making of Tarzan, the art of Disney's storytelling, inside the world of Avatar, world Disney archive stage, center stage, and D23 Expo's ultimate fan street party presented by Alamo. So obviously this is Disney-centric in terms of the content, but there is a nugget about Vader Immortal. So I will definitely be checking in with you and reporting back on Vader Immortal 2. As always, this podcast cannot exist without the support of the We Pod Squad, both Greg and Sam from We Podcast and We Know Things, and Ryan from the Ion Ryan Show are a great team to be a part of, and we are so looking forward to bringing the best content we can week in, week out, and providing the best entertainment value, the best accuracy, and like I said on my Instagram, free autographs. Just hit us up. You can support the We Podcast and We Know Things feed using their Patreon link. You can support the last podcast using the PayPal donation button. Feel free to drop us a line, a review, a rating. It is appreciated, and we appreciate you. Trust us when I say we love bringing this content to you. So check out the We Pod Squad located at WePodcastAndWeKnowThings.com and mrctechllc.com. We look forward to bringing you episodes down the line and hope that you'll join us for this journey. Transmissions are coming in, discussions have been had, and I have the messages decrypted on my hollow tablet right now. The question that I asked in episode 5 was, how will Star Wars become more like the MCU? Or is there another plan? Let's see what messages came through. As always, Mike Mann of Monkey Basement Productions provided some excellent content for you to hear. Happy belated birthday to Mike Mann at Channel Star Wars on Twitter and Monkey Basement Productions on Instagram. So make sure you wish Mike a happy belated birthday. And thank you, Mike, for providing some great content. Let's take a listen to it now. Hello, Sean. This is Mike Mann, your number one fan, and I am on my way to work, so please forgive the noise. Um, I'm here to answer your question. How can the MC, how can Star Wars become more like the MCU? I don't believe it can. It, uh, the MCU was built that way. It's been in the planning stages for a long time. It's, Star Wars just wasn't built that way. Um, so, I think Star Wars, I think Lucasfilm, they have their own plan. And I don't think it's to be like the MCU. Uh, I know they're coming out with these Benny Weiss and whatever the other guy's name is, movies, and Brian Johnson's doing some, and now it sounds like Catherine Bigelow's doing something. And then the TV shows, I, I just don't think that the Star Wars universe is built 
like that. I mean, the closest they're doing, the closest they've become is with the the saga movies. I mean, that's the closest they can come to. But you know, it, it's just one long story, just like the MCU. But I think the way the MCU is built, it's built to have all those movies and all that build up and I just don't think Star Wars is built that way so that's really all I got man so keep up the good work buddy thanks thanks Mike appreciate your words appreciate you taking the time to give us your answer and I couldn't agree more with you as Star Wars does need to build its own identity especially if it's going to survive Moving right along, MDoc Cassini has been very faithful into giving me very nice answers through Instagram. Thank you, Cassini on Instagram for doing that. Make sure you follow him. He's very insightful. So he says, already, he goes, all right, dude, discussion time. I don't necessarily think Star Wars is trying to follow in the MCU footsteps. It stinks because nowadays I feel like once an IP tries to create a continuity storyline and will automatically try to compete or be compared to the MCU. Don't get me wrong, the MCU is fantastic, but I believe from the start the MCU team had a vision and they were not reactionary to failures or outside criticism. The MCU had a vision of these gigantic phases with multiple movies relating to each other leading to a bookend. I think Star Wars will go down a more scalable route, releasing trilogy story arcs, external tie-ins such as comics and novels and TV live-action shows as long as the first two are welcomed. Realistically doing what they have done, expect more pipelines for new trilogy storylines and exploring the TV show side. Just hope they try another Christmas special. I don't know if this makes me a bad Star Wars fan, but I've never seen the Christmas special, and I don't know if I want to. Hmm, You'll have to let me know. Uh, I also think you're right. I think that with the history of Marvel, they had a roadmap and they needed to figure out how to transfer that to a movie. In this case, we had movies, then books, then an expanded universe, then a lot of crazy stories in the expanded universe, then a buyout, then a changing of owners, then more movies, now the sequel trilogy, now some offshoots and things like that. So I agree. It's almost as if the creators were in quicksand and they weren't quite sure which direction to go that wouldn't sink them. So, again, I repeat myself from previous episodes, the fact that they canceled all movie productions and wanted to solely focus on Episode 9 is a good thing. Hopefully after Episode 9 the air clears, we get a nice roadmap of what is to be expected for Star Wars down the line and I do think it's going to be a collection of all the mediums you suggested so thanks for providing uh, a very nice uh, long and thorough answer this time m.cassini on Instagram I appreciate it on to the discussion question of episode 6 I said earlier in the podcast that I think the Millennium Falcon is going to be destroyed and then rebuilt by Ray in an epilogue type of way. What do you think will happen to the Millennium Falcon in Episode 9? 
That's our question. What do you think is going to happen to the Millennium Falcon in Episode 9? I look forward to reading your answers. I look forward to listening to your comments. And I look forward to you sharing this show. So thanks for doing that in advance, and I appreciate your time. Once again, what do you think will happen to the Millennium Falcon in Episode 9? Well, ladies and gents, that wraps Episode 6 of The Last Podcast. It has truly been a pleasure to bring this content to you, and I hope that we have met or exceeded your expectations. As always, please like, comment, share the show. Follow me on Instagram, MRC underscore talks underscore The Last Podcast on Twitter mrc tech talks tlp on facebook mrc tech llc on twitch mrc tech if you search mrc tech you should be able to find me you can subscribe on youtube for all sorts of different little content pieces that i put up there Uh, subscribe to the show at mrc tech llc.com forward slash the last podcast or search us out on apple podcast google play and spotify you want to become a fan of the show, you know what to do. Go to mrctechllc.com backslash become a fan. Choose your tier. Go on to PayPal and sign your life away to me. Yes, stickers are being processed and shipped, so get ready for that. I will be doing a little giveaway in the future for a few of those stickers, so stay tuned for that. As always, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you spreading the good news. This has been Episode 6 of The Last Podcast, and as they say in a galaxy far, far away, may the Force be with you. MRC Tech presents The Last Podcast, copyrighted 2019, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music credits to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Music by Chillhop.com. Star Wars covers featured by Unicorn Studios and Pandemic on YouTube. This has been The Last Podcast. Visit the website www.mrctechllc.com for more information.